Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership, where we connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important topics to help us on our journey towards greater significance. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Anthony Hughes is the co-founder and CEO of Tech Elevator, a 14 to 30 weeks coding boot camp that teaches students in-demand tech skills that can lead to meaningful careers in the tech industry. Over 2,300 students have graduated from Tech Elevator, with 90% of whom secure tech positions at companies within six months. Furthermore, the average Tech Elevator graduate gets a salary lift of 24000 as a direct result of the boot camp. Anthony has been nominated twice for the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award in 2020 and 2021. Before starting Tech Elevator, he was the president of the Software Craftsmanship Guild, another fast-paced program that teaches the skills required for a tech career. It was acquired by Learning House in 2015. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. Have you been wanting to launch your podcast and just haven't found the right resources? I launched Master Leadership Podcast in 2016, and it now ranks in top 1% globally. I've gathered all I've learned and created Master Your Podcast in a Weekend course on Master Your Swag app so that you have everything you need to share your voice with the world, minus those excuses. So download Master Your Swag app on Google or Apple platforms to access the Master Your Podcast course and launch your podcast this weekend. Welcome, Anthony Hughes. How are you? I'm very well. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Well, we're super excited to have you. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? Yeah. All right. So, Anthony, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. Okay, well, um, I'll start, I guess, where I am right now. So I am the CEO and founder of an organization called Tech Elevator, and we train people how to become software developers. So we identify individuals who have high aptitude, train them with software development skills, technical skills, and then we place them into jobs as technologists, as software developers in companies all around the country. But, you know, it's, that's needed a little bit now, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's actually the, the number one in-demand job in the U.S. economy right now. Awesome. So it's, a, it's a great place for us to be. I haven't always done this. I have a, an interesting background. I actually came across the opportunity when I was working in economic development. So for a number of years, I'd been in technology, I'd been in, in business development in technology, and then I I chose to take a little bit of a, a detour in my career. I worked for a regional nonprofit uh, that supported entrepreneurs as they were looking to grow and scale their company. 
And at that nonprofit, my responsibility was to build an entrepreneurial advisory program made up of volunteer mentors and advisors and coach early stage startups, promising entrepreneurs. We would help them get access to capital. And most of the companies that we were working with at the time were technology companies. And technology companies need a pretty critical raw ingredient outside of capital to grow their business. They need software developers. And in the process, as I was coaching these companies and they were going to scale, I saw firsthand just the lack of technology talent was doing to our ability to support these entrepreneurs. Just to put that into context, in Cleveland, Ohio, where the company that I run is, is headquartered, uh, in the year that we founded the company, there were 7,500 software developer positions advertised and just 280 computer science degrees conferred in the whole of the region. So if that gives you any indication of kind of the problem that we faced in terms of a lack of technology talent, I saw this problem firsthand while I was working at this nonprofit. And as a proud transplant to the Cleveland, Ohio area, I sort of felt like this is a problem that I can really make a difference with. This is a problem that I'm going to set out to solve. And then fast forward to where we are today. That was sort of the genesis of Tech Elevator and where we are today. We are an intensive software developer training program. The website is techelevator.com, just as it sounds. And on the website, we'll explain the journey that you know, students take to go from a non-technical career and transition into a career as a software developer. So the typical student that comes to us is about 31 years old. Many of them already have a college degree. They've spent some years in the field working as professionals. And typically, they're frustrated about the opportunities that they have in their career They've seen significant growth in the field of technology, but they don't know how to get into it. We offer them an on-ramp into what is an incredibly rewarding career, an in-demand career as well. We do that in about 14 weeks. So individuals will come to us with no technology skills. We'll train them intensely for either 14 weeks for our full-time or 30 weeks for our part-time. And then we'll deliver them into companies. There's a network of about 700 companies that we work with right now who have really strong demand for software developers. So a big part of our company is we're a very mission-driven company. So the mission of Tech Elevator is to elevate people, companies, and communities. And fundamentally, we believe that there are bright people in our communities, in the incumbent workforces of big employers who have the cognitive ability to do better in their careers. And when we can take those individuals, we skill them into software developer jobs, we get to change people's lives in really meaningful ways. We get to help companies grow locally and domestically. And as those companies grow, they contribute to the vibrancy of the communities that they're in as well. So it's very rewarding work. It's what I've been reading about quantum leadership, where you're leading from a different perspective. It's not just your organization that you're looking at. You're looking, you know, on a global scale. And I love that work. And I can tell you love it too, just by your smile, your passion and how you solve this problem. Appreciate you being on here. And as a lifelong learner, what are you learning right now? I'm always learning. I'm always reading. Sometimes I have to sort of stop and like focus on the task at hand. In my personal life, I absolutely love to cook. As an entrepreneur, sometimes the projects you get started take months and months to finish. As a chef, when you start a project, it's finished that same night. People rub their bellies. They're very happy. 
can give yourself a pat on the back, wash the dishes and be done. And so yeah, great satisfaction um, there. <laughs> a lot of satisfaction. So Korean cooking is my current challenge. And so that's been a ton of fun to learn that particular style of cooking and those flavors. In the business world, we're a fast growing company. We, we were on the Inc. 5000 as one of the fastest growing companies in education, one of the fastest growing companies in the state of Ohio. And we've grown a lot in the last couple of years. And so as I think about personal development as a leader, one of the things that I have to grapple with is, you know, the company that was 30 people, it was easy to communicate, it was easy to connect, it was easy to build trust on an individual basis. And as we continue to grow the company, we're now over 120 employees, that requires as a leader me to grow new muscles. And those muscles are around you know, being a really good communicator. And of course, there's always room to improve, but how do I build trust in a growing organization? How do I make sure that the vision where we're going is communicated effectively to the team? You know, how do I give clarity to our team members about where we're going as an organization so they can feel really aligned with their efforts and their impact on the overall impact of the company? I kept hearing the word trust, which to me is the foundation of leadership. When did you learn that trust was key here? You know, I have had an interesting career where I haven't had a ton of really inspirational leaders that I've been able to work under. And so oftentimes you'll find with a leader that they have somebody in mind that they're emulating and just they're thinking about how to be a great leader themselves. And in, in other cases, probably more in my case, I've been very observant about the leaders that I've worked under and the things that I might do differently if I had an opportunity. Yeah. Our job is to find the best possible people, to recruit them, to onboard them, to activate them, to develop them, to retain them. And great employees have an ability to, to really impact the company. And having that work acknowledged, having that, that effort and impact celebrated, I think is really important. And having the trust that your organization sees you, recognizes your contribution, I think is really important as well. And I've been in organizations where I haven't felt necessarily that the efforts that I've put in have been fully recognized. Right. And it's really important to me for team members that we bring on, that doesn't happen to them. Because I think, you know, the amount of commitment that you have for an organization, for its mission, correlates to how that organization gives back to you and recognizes the impact that you have. So I think that's foundational, is appreciation. It's part of our cultural values in big and small ways, acknowledging the contributions of team members to our customers, to each other, to the general mission of the company as well. Yeah. We get to learn from really poor leaders too, right? At, at the very least, how not to be. And I'm with you. This is one of the reasons why I started this leadership journey, you know, to help us up-level leadership collectively through, you know, conversations like this. All right, Anthony. So when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? I think one of the biggest risks to leadership today is probably the short-term mindset. So you know, what do I mean by that? I think, you know, risking what's good long-term for what's expedient in the short term. I think, you know, we've got challenges about leaders who are building a company based on the perspective of others externally, as opposed to their own conviction and their vision internally. And I think that ultimately risks building great companies and, and building great products. 
I think another thing that concerns me, this has been building over time, is just a general erosion in the trust that we have as citizens for the institutions around us. And I think that's starting to seep in a little bit into the trust that we have for employers. And that's something that, you know, uh, we mentioned before, trust is a critical pillar of the relationship between an employee and employer, a customer, and, a, and maintaining trust, I think, is critical to the ability to get work done effectively, because you have to have a foundation of trust to be able to move quickly and make quick decisions. So I think those are some challenges and some concerns that I would have in terms of both the ability to lead and some of the styles of leadership that we're seeing emerge. Right. So we're talking about the erosion of trust, which I have seen in the education space. And you also spoke about the maintenance of trust. So can trust be taught? No, I think trust has to be earned. I think it's the sum total of the promises that you make and keep. And it's a compounded effect of doing what you say you're going to do. I think once trust is established, there's a lot more forgiveness for mistakes. I think leaders that are open in their communication, that are honest about where they've made errors or where they don't know, have the ability through that vulnerability to engender greater trust, to help people understand that we're in this together, that I'm not perfect, uh, that I'm fallible, and I'm relying on you to tell me when I'm not you know, living up to expectations. But in order to do that, I think people also have to have trust that they can be open and honest, and they can share real feedback without repercussion as well. So curating that environment, I think, is absolutely critical for not just building trust, but also safety for people within companies to be themselves and to be vocal about you know, where they believe they can contribute and where they believe that maybe the direction has been lost. So the onus is on the leadership to lay that foundation of trust in any organization, whether it's a low trust organization or, you know, culture or high trust, the onus is on me, on you to build that by being trustworthy, by being trust, right? Yeah, I absolutely believe that it starts with a good leader. Um, I think if a good leader has built a good culture, then new entrants into that culture their trust should hopefully be accelerated by the experiences of their colleagues and the trust that their colleagues already have for that organization and that leader as well. Awesome. All right. So Anthony, we've been through it. We had quite a couple of interesting years. We've had the COVID pandemic. We've had a couple of other things going on in the U.S. So how has that affected you, your organization? Tell us a bit about that. You know, I think what's really interesting about the pandemic is it it was jarring to any organization, especially at the very beginning. Just for context, Tech Elevator pre-pandemic was 100% in person. And so when the pandemic hit and we had to go remote, it was sort of an extreme period of change and adjustment. And then throughout the pandemic, it was two years of fully remote education. What was really interesting about that is there's no rule book, there's no employee handbook that could possibly have guided an organization as to how to react to the series of events that took place starting in March of 2020. I think what was incredibly gratifying for us was that it wasn't the planning that we put in place because we couldn't have planned for it, but it was the culture that we already had in place that allowed us to adapt very quickly to the head-on collision that we had with the realities of the pandemic. And that was, I think, a true reflection on the efforts that we've made to really focus the organization around the mission, 
around our students or our customers. And what's been really exciting about it is, you know, as a concept of anti-fragility, you know, we demonstrated significant anti-fragility in the sense that we actually came away from the stresses of the pandemic stronger than we were before. So they were twice the size that we were pre-pandemic. We were educating people in the Midwest pre-pandemic. Now we're teaching people nationally. Companies have come to us to say, you know, we really want to make a commitment to reskilling our workforce, to elevating talent. And we've been ready to engage them and help them with that. And so it's actually been invigorating in many ways. It's, it's recommitted to us to our mission and it's allowed us to, to deliver on our mission on a national scale and has opened up new pathways for growth and for impact. And so imagine a present where the pandemic never existed. I'd take that in a heartbeat. However, we make do with the, the situation, the hand that we dealt, and it's been a major driver of growth of impact for us and really comes down to just the caliber of the team that we've assembled and how they've been able to pivot and react and adapt. And post-pandemic or whatever this new normal is, I'm really excited to see how the team will adjust and adapt for, for the new normal, for the ways that people consume education and the ways that we can engage our employer partners in reskilling their workforce as well. And I have to say, it couldn't happen. The team couldn't do that without a leader who believes in that as well, a leader who lives that. Because we know, right, change is inevitable, growth is optional. But the fact that you're so focused on growth and focused on delivering quality all around, not just for yourself, the people who work for you, but also in the community globally, which speaks to your leadership. And I love it. Um, I was listening to some of your other podcasts and you ask about quotes that inspire leaders. And one of my favorite quotes that I think has a lot of utility There's a quote by the Roman philosopher Seneca, which is, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And then a Winston Churchill quote is, in every crisis comes great opportunity. And so we had the organization pre-pandemic ready to react to whatever the stresses were. And so it is luck, you know, and certainly how there's an element of that, but certainly the organization that we had built was prepared and ready to deliver on its mission, even though circumstances have changed so drastically. Yes, and it's much needed. So thank you for all you do. Now we have an option here. You can take a question from a former guest or you can share a challenge or a struggle that you learned from. I say, uh, I like a surprise. So why don't you you surprise me? (laughs) All right. So I have a question from Simon Severino and he's a thinker like you. Um, And so here's his question. His question is, what are three things that make you happy on a bad day? So we have a Slack channel at work. Well, we have a number of Slack channels at work. And there are two of them that I'll point to. The first Slack channel is named Hiring and Jobs. And every time a student submits a job offer, my Slack pings at me. And I go in and I click at it and I see, oh, so-and-so got a job at Lowe's and another person just got a job at Google and this person got a job at Wells Fargo. And every time somebody gets a job, I know that we have been an inflection point in that person's life. So I can be having a terrible day, but there's good things happening all the time because of the work and the foundation that we've laid. You get pinged and you're happy. I do. It's like a little rush of adrenaline. Another one that we have is a channel that we have for appreciating our team members. And 
I am really happy when I see just the appreciation existing between our team members for the work that they do and fundamentally recognizing that it does take a village to be successful. And it's how we approach our work on a day-to-day basis, the big things and the little things that make a difference. And so I love to see the culture come through in that appreciation. I have a small family at home, but I have a wonderful family. And my daughter is such an incredible source of joy. Her name is Olive. Uh, She turned nine on Sunday. And her observations are absolutely delightful. My wife and I are both entrepreneurs. And in the early days, mommy and daddy pushed buttons. And that's, that's what we did for a living. And now she's getting a stronger and stronger understanding of both of our work. And it's really fun to hear her observations. Occasionally be told what a good job I'm doing, daddy. (laughs) Love that. All right. So as a listener of this podcast, what's a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? Like, what are you curious about? I think that I would love a future leadership guest to respond to the question of how do you elevate others around you? In your quest to fulfill the vision of what you're trying to build, how do you elevate those around you to help you accomplish that? I love that question, Anthony. All right. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I think that's great. I really appreciate being on the show and really appreciate the opportunity to share our story. And I've enjoyed listening to the stories of others and I'll keep listening. Well, you have certainly elevated us. Thank you. Now, to reach you is at techelevator.com. Techelevator.com. Yeah. And if anyone is interested in understanding if they have what it takes to become a software developer, we have a free aptitude test that we've developed and it'll take you 25 minutes and you can see if you've got what it takes. It's a fun little exercise that, you know, we find a lot of people enjoy doing. Beautiful. Thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been great. Thank you so much. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.